Hello? Keep going, keep going. <laughs> well, Chad, what episode is this, Chad? This is episode number 100 of Slappercast. The first episode of 2021. Hmm. Finally. Hmm. So, yeah, so the century mark, this is it. Nowhere to go but down. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, uh, what? Stayed in, stayed in for the New Year's, first New Year's, and I don't even know how long. Mm-hmm. And uh, watched a bunch of TV, which is very unusual. I don't like to sit still. Usually I don't like to, uh, to sit still that long. But I did manage to watch a lot of Steel Panther uh, interviews. The shows, you know, it's, I, I think you could probably go see them once. But the interviews are, I think, entertaining because they, they've kind of got that slapper cast kind of feel to it. There's no script. And they just go and they go and they go. But I, I will say, as, as, as far as interviews go, uh, probably the most generous. And, of course, we can talk about Ash and uh, Doug and, you know, people that are <laughs> just so gracious with their time. These guys are – they run – Way, way, way over time. They go over. It seems like they're seems like the interviewer runs out of gas before they do, and, and that's that's a that's a rarity. And I, I, I just I just hats off to them. Just very, very, very good. And I think the the thing that's most startling about that is about Steel Panther is they don't they don't they don't break character, not for a moment. It's impressive. Yeah. And I think we talked about them before and, you know, they, they're good players. I mean, they're mm-hmm. good players and they're, and they're just, you know, they're basically just copping the eighties hair metal. Yeah. Scene, they, they, you know? they hit play and they go. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but still very, very, very entertaining. Mm. But the other thing that we were talking about, I think before the tape started rolling was the Exodus uh, for all our, uh, all our friends that are into the, 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 the heavier side of music, the Exodus, uh, 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 DVD or excuse me on, on, on YouTube there's a, there's a great documentary called um, uh, Assorted Atrocities which my son uh, I, I used to be the authority around here on, on heavy you know music and whatnot but my, my, my son uh, has schooled me on, on, on Exodus I thought I, I thought I was pretty pretty caught up no wasn't but very entertaining great backstage stuff great banter great story great uh, and a, a band that we, I guess we were saying before the tape started rolling today, a, a band that never, um, never got the, you know, the, the accolades, you know, they, they, they never got the awards. They never got the attention. I think they deserved as far as playing and longevity and sincerity and, you know, tr- true to their craft, you know, stay, stay the course, you know, they didn't do the disco record. They didn't do the, they didn't break into rap for a minute. They didn't, you know, they stayed, you know, they stayed in yeah. lane. They did what they were supposed to do. They didn't do the power ballad. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. they, they do one thing and they play Exodus music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, last night, I mean, I think Chad and I were texting about one o'clock in the morning or something like that, that we were both kind of shock and awe at how much, how many fireworks were going off in our respective neighborhoods. Yeah. Think, yeah. It was this constant yeah. rumble. Yeah. I think I yeah. might have a little, a little bit more gunfire than Chad's since he lives in the, in the West U area, but, uh, well, the, what I was hearing was, was not my neighborhood. It was like, I think it was coming from South of me, like down mm-hmm. in, uh, on South of Bel Air. These are literally happening, happening over my neighbor's house. Like the fireworks are going off over my neighbor, my neighbor yeah. across the street, Carol over her house. 
I know that Keith was probably involved. Keith was involved and, um, and a few other uh, people, but they were lighting off some really large, large ones. And then I heard, you no, know, I took Ringo out before midnight to make sure that he did his thing before it really got crazy. And it really, the fireworks didn't really bother him too much. He just kind of would look around a little bit and go back to sleep, which is good. I mean, a lot of dogs freak out over that kind of stuff. But then behind the cemetery, I could hear pop, pop, pop. Pop, 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 and those were not fireworks. So, but they're, 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 at least they're you know killing in the right place, right? I guess, yeah. And a neighbor, a neighbor of mine on the corner, he found a bullet in his uh, lodge in his deck. So yeah, that had come from the sky. <laughs> so whoa, this is like this is I think around Christmas time, because at Christmas Eve, Christmas night, Christmas Eve, they were lighting up fireworks and shooting off stuff too. So silent night, violent night. Yeah. Right, and both Eric and I noted that we're usually not at home on New Year's Eve, so we don't know. I know that the gun, firing guns off and shit at New Year's Eve is, is definitely a Texas thing, but mm. the con- that, that, that rumble was going on for hours. I mean, it started like at 10 p.m., 9.30 or something like that. I don't know how unusual that was. I, think it I, don't think, was. I don't think it's unusual at all. I think it's also, like you just said, so we're all, all three of us in our own way, we're all, you know, I, I didn't join you guys till January. So we were doing an oldie show, our regular oldie show at the Continental. And you guys were probably playing New Year's somewhere. So how would we know under under, under all that noise? Yeah. I can't say that I miss the, you know, I, I always I'll always miss seeing our friends and, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the people that we like. On, on New Year's and whatnot, you know, because it's, you know, for years we did the Fado thing and it was uh, it was a uh, just just a spectacle because it was, it, you know, you, you get the regulars that are going to show up and then you're going to get the, uh, the 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 once in a lifetimers, you know, the people that come out of the out of the woodwork for the you once know, a, they come out, they come out for New Year's. St. Patrick's Day, and if they've recovered from St. Patrick's Day, they'll do Cinco de Mayo. Maybe, yeah, maybe. That's, I mean, that's that's a stretch, but you, you know, you you can tell who they are at the first <laughs> at the first you know first step to the bar. You know, they go, "How much I can get a whole six pack?" Well, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the idea. We're not we're not looking for the people that want to get a six pack for you know five dollars. Mm. But you know, I miss the I miss the people that we that that we we were lucky enough to see all, all those years. But uh, man, I, I I certainly don't miss that. You know, triple triple the price for parking and uh, road closures and you know all kinds of just just hell trying to get to where you need to get to, and yeah. you know, and just just and, and then just way too much pressure on, on on the staff because you know now you've got twenty cases of the cheapest you know fucking bubbly water essentially you know that they're giving out at midnight then they got to construct these stupid glasses yeah those, those crappy little you know plastic the plastic ones with the champagne that goes down to the stem yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so yeah old and curmudgeon blah 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 but yeah i, I, I definitely didn't miss that side of it and we but i very strange being home on that day mm. much like Addie's day you know you know uh last year uh being, you know, d- d- doing the live stream on Pat, you know, just just very very strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully that's the end of those strange times. You know, kiss all yeah. the eyes of yesterday, and also let me be the probably hundredth person to wish you all a very very happy twenty twenty one. 
Mm-hmm. So welcome to the new year. I know we're a couple of days late, but um, if you saw our social media, we wished you there. We were uh, early. We were on New Year's Eve wishing you all the very, very best. And uh, uh, unlike the others, we meant it. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, two thirds of us meant it. I mean, yes, 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 yes. Let, let them figure out who the two thirds are. Mm, oh, they know. They know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Glad to be, you know, glad to be uh, above ground and, you know, getting another swing in another year here. But uh, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be, you know, manning the phones. We're actually, you know, cold calling a lot because I, 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 I really believe, I hope this doesn't come back to bite me, but I, I really believe that in March, April, May, the, you know, the, 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 the wheels are going to touch down. Yeah. It's going to be big. If they'd ever get that uh, vaccine uh, distributed correctly. Yeah. We, we, we had a definitely a good chance to make the spring special yeah. for, for us and everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be, it, it's going to be a big year. I'm excited for the the you know the new venues that we're going to hit. And, uh, it's going to be a big year. We got we got new new uh, you know brand new tires in the van. We got a lot of gas and uh, in the van and outside. But uh, yeah, we're ready to ready to go. So uh, Bob's question was, um, what artists still alive would you like to see collaborate? Yeah, like and that's people- right. We we have kind of talked about this a couple times yeah. before, but. Or before you joined the band, so it's been a while. Well, so I don't mind digging into it again. It's kind of an endless subject. I'd like to see another Lou Reed Metallica collaboration because I hope it would kill both of their careers finally. Finally, be the last nail in the coffin for both of those people. <laughs> that was a, that's a, that's another one. That's one another one of those subjects where <laughs> my, uh, my my son will go to war. He's a, not a violent person, but he. <laughs> He would get, he would get absolutely just through the roof, raging just at the mere mention of a Lou Reed in a Metallica thing. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, I never heard the first thing about it. I, I just haven't heard a, a Metallica record. You know, I heard Saint Anger because people were trying to, they were trying to convince themselves that they hadn't bought a piece of crap. <laughs> but um, there was, there, there was just, just the. Uh, the best description was Trey Cool from Green Day saying that it was it sounded like somebody beating uh, on a on a on a saucepan with a hot dog <laughs> on a tin. So, I, of course, I, I just botched the, this description, but it was so well done. I just uh, the drum sound on Saint Anger. It just you know, I mean, just take a rock and throw it against a tin, you know, a tin wall or you know, like a corrugated iron uh, aluminium uh, building. You know, just awful. Awful, awful. Tank, 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 tank. Anyway, yeah, and then just again watching that Exodus documentary, the drums and the guitar sound and the bass tone combined just to 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 just just knock you down. Just heavy, 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 and well thought out, well crafted songs. I mean, again, this is this is a this is an acquired taste you must enjoy, you know, 180 beats per minute plus and just aggression and tone and, and just the ability that the musical ability of these guys, these, the, the, the notes that they play and the speed that they play them and the, the definition. It's just second enough. So, um, but uh, to Bob's question and happy new year, Bob, thank you again for the Christmas card. 
I'd like to see something like that. I'd like to see something like, uh, uh, you know, Exodus and, you know, with uh, Tom Waits. God, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I listen. <laughs> Tom Waits. I'd listen to Tom Waits. Just you know, uh, but but somebody like a, you know, e- e- even a Shane McGowan kind of a, you know, a, 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 a melody melody guy with a with a just a hard hitting, like you know, e- even Slayer got a little watery there, you know, at times. Exodus just never took the foot off the gas. They, they, mm. they, they, they never, they never stopped for gas. They never, they never made a, a wrong turn. It just seems that they just, you know, um, so I'd like to see some of that. But then also I heard, um, I think I spoke about it last week, uh, the Eddie Vedder CD I bought. And yeah. um, there was a couple of tracks where I could hear Mark Knopfler play, play the lead on that. And, uh, that cool. and again, a fastball too. When we were talking with, with Tony, you know, it's just, um, I can hear Mark Knopfler and, and those guys doing a great, you know, just, just like you know, rhythms and melodies that are so well thought out and, and harmonies that are so beautifully pushed together. And then I'll, and I'll say one more thing just to, to, you know, cause I've been on this kick. Like I say, I watched way too much TV <laughs> over a couple of days and, um, I might've just been feeling sorry for myself, you know, be, staying home and, you know, so many shows being canceled and so many, um, but I've been on a Barry Gibb kick, uh, Bee Gees and his attention to detail when it comes to melody, to, to melody and hook. Um, I could see, you know, Barry Gibb, Mark Knopfler kind of thing. No, uh, that, that would, yeah, that'd be, that would totally work. Yeah. His, uh, and you know, there were, you know, we laugh at bands like kiss who, who just saw dollar signs and went that way, you know, doesn't matter where it was. It was kind of like a, a a bad video game. If you're, if the dollar signs over here, you know, they'll go that way. You know, Gene Simmons, just yes, money, money, money. So, um, uh, Barry Gibb never gave me that, uh, sense that he was chasing, it was never about money. It was always about music, always about the song. Never, ever, ever about, not even himself. He said a beautiful thing too, when he was interviewed about his brothers, he said, you know, he said, I can't, you know, I can't point at myself and be, be you know, of course, I'm not saying it nearly as eloquent as, mm-hmm. as Sir Gibb, but, you know, just, he, uh, you know, he said, I can never be the Bee Gees. I can never be, you never point at me. You know, it was the three of us. And it's just, you know, such a, you know, such a body of work. And he's, he's so humble. He's just not, he hasn't got a, hasn't got just, it just, it just seems like just not a bad bone in his body when it comes to he's, yeah. uh, that spotlight. He, he, he's always uh, pushing the way he's never. I think, I think people forget too, how many hits he wrote for other people. I mean, when yeah. you go back and look at the eighties, it's like, Oh, that's a Dionne Warwick song. Nope. That's a Barry Gibb song. Oh, that's a so-and-so song. Nope. That's a, that's another, you know, Dolly Parton, Barbara Streisand, Parton, Barbara Streisand, Linda, uh, Linda, uh, no, not Linda. Um, uh, you know, the gal from, uh, Supremes, Diana Ross. I mean, yes. like, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. That fucking song heartbreaker that he wrote, you know, that song heartbreaker yeah. that yeah. Dion sang. Oh my God. Yeah. That song is so good. It's ridiculously yeah. good. They do a, they, they, they only do a verse and a chorus of it, but it's on one of their live records. And yeah. 
the one guitar and the three of them standing around a microphone, I nearly drove the car off a fucking cliff. There were yeah. no cliffs and I wasn't even in the car, but that's how, that's how much. <laughs> yeah. Just- yeah. Well, they, yeah. My, my buddy, Steve, who, who my former teacher from Miami, Steve Rucker played on all that stuff back then in the nineties. He was the drummer for that touring band and he, he did a few studio things too. So if you watch that concert, you'll see him sort of in the background. But anyway, yeah, that whole scene where they get just the three of them and the acoustic guitar in front of the microphone. And the, oh, my God. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I got to see that documentary, too. There's a documentary that it's I'm on. Well, it came out the 12th of uh, December last year. Yeah. Last year. Wow. It seems so long ago. Huh. I'll put it on my must watch list. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it either. So I'm, I'll be I'll be hard is good. Yeah. Chad and I watched the Shane McGowan Crock of Gold. Oh, yeah. I got to watch that, too. Not, not together. Not together. I dig uh, it. Chad's barred from my house after the little incident. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't blame you. Impregnating, impregnating the cats. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the Croft old is a masterpiece. I mean, I'm going to be good because Shane McGowan's is more brilliant than anybody can, can, you know, you, you'll, you'll never be able to, to, to put down on pen and paper uh, with pen and paper. Uh, his his brilliance. You'll never be able to uh, sense from melody and timing and and beautiful, beautiful, beautiful poetry. That movie was beyond what I I knew it was going to be good. Like I could, like I said, I could just watch him hit his quips. He's brilliant. Yeah, my, one of my favorite clips. We get Kelly cutting back to it where he's having a chat with Jerry Adams uh, from Sinn Fein, and uh, to see that was one of those conversations you could see he was he had a lot of respect for Jerry, so he was kind of a little bit more uh, energetic. And, uh, but he said something during the interview. He said it a couple of times in the interview. It's like, he really wants to, to write more, write more songs, but he just doesn't have any ideas right now. That's what he kept saying. I, I, it made me kind of sad. It was like, man, if it's, I wish I have to cut. I mean, I think, I think one of the reasons he's still alive really is, is because of Victoria. It really seems like she's looking after him and making sure that he's doing stuff, you know, instead of just lying around or whatever, because he, I just wish he could get out of that wheelchair because I know that's going to help. Two, two things. One is one, he hasn't given up, which is the main thing. And two, mm-hmm. believes that he's going to walk again and he's going to be, you know, he's going to make a recovery. So that's, I mean, that's really all you can work with. You, you, you can't, you know, you can't bypass either of those two. One, one of the things I noticed uh, comparing, because I think the documentary, I guess, was shot last year. And she's been, he just, he's been lot, she's been getting him more active on social media recently, which is another thing she's doing. I think is cool. Um, Cause he would never, even if he was healthy, he probably would never bother with it, but he looks a lot better in the recent yeah. videos that he shot. He looks, he looked like he's actually lost a little weight. It looks, he's got more color in his face. And he, but I was speaking of Mark Knopfler earlier, that that's, that's somebody, I think that they would, they would make a good songwriting pair. Yeah. yeah. Did, did anybody hear the, the, the Mark Knopfler chieftains record? I know I, I must have heard some of that. I can't, but I, I, remember, I remember hearing about it. Yeah, it's it, it's. I mean, uh, Cal and local hero and stuff like that. You can always hear Mark Knopfler's Celtic influence and his love for that music. Yeah. He's he's never, you know, his uh, McGoldrick and uh, the fiddle player and you know, arguably the best fiddle player, whistle player. You know, you know of course, he can have the best of everything and anything, but he 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 tours with arguably the best in the world. So, so, you know, anytime those guys, anytime you hear that low whistle, anytime you hear the fiddle, anytime you hear the, you know, the, 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 the bazooki, you know, you're the Ellen pipes too, you know, I mean, just everybody on that stage 
He, I think yeah. he said 38 instruments between them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right. And he goes, and I can play one. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think a better question would be who, who could Mark Knopfler not play with? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just think that Mark's got the ability to s- set into every situation. And because he listens so well, because he's such a, a, a stickler for melody and rhythms and you know, I always said as a kid that his his voice and his guitar sounded exactly the same. Meaning, he'll never play a spastic solo in a slow, so, you know, in a song that doesn't need it. He no. for the moment for the song for the you know Speedway at Nazareth um, off the Selling to Philadelphia record. I, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to that song, and that's a song that just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds, and then there's just this. Mass, it's you know, no, no big train wreck ending or anything, but by the time it comes to the end, you're just not ready for it to, to, to end. It just, it, it, it yeah, it, it just travels and it yeah. just keeps going. Yeah. yeah, one of the, one of the, and, and again, I, you know, if, if you're every, if, if you want to dip your toe in that Mark Knopfler ocean, you could find worse places to start than Speedway at Nazareth or. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trollerman or, you know, I mean, on and on. Uh, not to do another Mark Knopfler show, but. <laughs> but my own personal preference, I would, I would love for him to work with somebody who would kind of get him into a more rock and energetic space again. Not, not all the time, but he's, you know, over the past five or six years, he's gotten more and more mellow. It's the mellowness has always been there with dire straits and all this stuff. But as he's gotten older, it seems like he's just more interested in, just just writing those beautiful melodies he's not really you know getting as uh, groovy as he was before but i would love you know this might be a little too far afield but he he had that that really fun documentary that he did with brian johnson from acdc where they're hanging out and talking about scotland and so forth um that might be kind of cool i don't have no idea what that would sound like if if brian would sing on some of mark's stuff but but just something to get some more get some more uh Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's got the ability. There's, there's, there's yeah. no, there's no question that he has the ability. You know, he he can do whatever he wants. But you know, in the early days too, I remember reading in uh, in in the early, early, early magazines that he would. Uh, and this was the beginning of Dire Straits. Uh, he would bitch at the sound guys if the people in the audience couldn't talk to each other. He never liked that big. You know, he could never be on there. He could never. You could couldn't put him on a stage with a big. You know. You know you know, a couple of Marshall stacks and whatnot. He's just one of those guys for that played for. And I think that was one of the reasons why Dire Straits was such an incredible sounding band sonically just, uh, you know, cause, cause there was never, there was never a, a moment where there was going to be, or never a moment. There, there was never um, a setting to where the band was going to be just so overpoweringly loud. Like watching the Exodus thing, you know, <laughs> it is just everywhere you go, you know, you know, if there's going to be a, one monitor on the stage and then, you know, two speaker on sticks on the side, you're never going to see them. You know, it's going to be, a, you, you've got to have the power to to deliver this band. And and Mark Knopfler was never that. He was never that, you know. But again, the neck and neck with Chet Atkins, when he, when he, you know, when he opens it up, there's not many people that can sit beside him. Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. I want to go see that again. Yeah. I imagine he's he's probably done one of those Eric Clapton things too. You know that that thing that Eric Clapton does in and on on the island somewhere with all those different guitar players. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. 
But I'm sure, I'm sure that Mark has played something like that before too. I mean, on stage with a bunch of different guitar players. Yeah. Kind of like, okay, now you play. Okay, now you play. So yeah. So yeah, and then uh, I know Barry Gibbs written for a bunch of these just just juggernauts. As far as you know, uh, he he was talking about in one of the documentaries, you know, how he was nervous around Barbara Streisand, and uh, uh, but uh, again, I'd love to see him collaborate with with a. Uh, you know, one of these heavier rock, more rocking things. I just love to hear what he would do in a situation where, you know, where you get one of these really melodic, powerful bands, you know, like um, all all the people I'm thinking of right now are, would be, uh, would be, you know, like, like just, just, just take the, just take the, the, the guitar players, you know, and Nico, you know, from, from Iron Maiden and put, <laughs> But but because I mean all their melodies, everything that they everything that they play on the instruments or the you know the, whatever the vocal line is, it's it's it can be you, you can sing it and you know what song it is, you know yeah. you can't do that with a lot of yeah we know that song that's uh my heart will go on but <laughs> if any of this kind of stuff happens again like if uh, when when the world opens back up again you might see some collaborations but it's probably going to be something like. A Barry Gibb with a Justin Bieber, or a Barry Gibb with a Taylor Swift, or a Barry Gibb with a Lady Gaga, or something like that. You're going to see that kind of stuff rather than the crossover that we really need, which is you know a Barry Gibb with uh, you know with uh, Eddie Vedder or a, a, a Cheap Trick or whatever you know who, yeah. who, who, whomever you know. It's not it's not the it's not the it's not even the you know it's not the crossover that we need or want for 2021. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. But, I'm not even a big Iggy Pop fan at all. I just have tons of respect for him. But I saw this just recently. They had a Zoom interview with just a conversation between Elvis Costello and Iggy Pop. That I was, saw that. What? Why did that? I don't know. I, I saw. I think it popped up on Facebook or something. But it was it was pretty cool. It's it's, it's another example of how things are, have changed in the, in the the COVID Zoom era because this was a Rolling Stone thing, and it was the first thing I'd seen from Rolling Stone that was even remotely interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate Rolling Stone so much. Why? It was because the, the journalist who was there, I forget the guy's name. I'd seen him. I'd, I knew his name. I'd seen him before, but he just basically stayed out of the way. He just kind of set the wheel spinning and just sat there smiling, watching the two of them talk. And they went deep. It was like a 50 minute conversation. They were getting way into the, the music industry, like the old, the old school days of, you know, mastering. And I mean, they were literally talking about mastering records at one point. It's like, this is extremely geeky. I loved it. But they're, they're so, the two of them are so engaging and, have, and they, they just have tons of respect for each other. So it was really fun to see that. But, it was also uh, fun listening to Shane talk about Elvis Costello because uh, uh, Elvis Costello, uh, the Pogues were opening for, uh, for, um, for Elvis uh, back in the day. And he was shagging Coit O'Reardon, the, the, the bass player. Right, right. And uh, it, 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 it was a great moment in Crock of Gold where, you know, she <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and it was funny too because we uh, uh you know uh, later on uh he- hearing elvis elvis's you know um i say later on uh this was a good few years back hearing elvis reminisce about those days when he was married to her i guess wasn't he married to her for a short time yeah I think they, uh, yeah they were I, I don't know if they ever officially got married but they they were together for a long well time. on the on the on the um, mighty like a rose record he dedicates the record to her he's he calls her kate my insufferable wife okay 
So yeah, I, yeah. I think I thought I remember reading somewhere that they never they were like a common law married, but not. But oh, not that maybe. It well, uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever it was, he I remember him saying that he he uh, was foregoing the the alcohol and the the you know pills or whatever it was before the show and and, and opting for a rowing machine so he could stay in better shape or his younger wife. <laughs> and I thought to myself, ah, yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of legends. I'm just going to say right now, we're going to, we're going to have our friend uh, Ricky O'Neill from, uh, from Ireland on the show. And uh, Chad, I'm going to send you a link to, uh, to uh, one of the Saw Doctors songs that, that he had sent me. It's just, uh, it, it's them in Galway doing Clare Island, which is uh, just a, a brilliant track. And uh, Ricky, for those who don't know, uh, anybody that's come to Ireland with us has uh, probably met him. Uh, we, you know, we saw him on a few of those tours and uh, we played with his, band of many you know years ago called silver circus and uh brilliant mm-hmm. brilliant players and the nicest guys you're ever going to meet and um ricky has been playing with the saw doctors since about what 90 i uh, i think 2011 or 2012 or something probably 2011 yeah, or 2012 yeah, yeah. so i'm thinking yeah I, I watched a bunch of because uh, i was watching a bunch of their videos trying to find one that um uh, that ricky was playing on uh, also, we, we, we've covered a bunch of Saw Doctors over the years. Oh, yeah. Um, but Ricky is one of those guys that's just, he lives and breathes music. And not only is he is he just, you know, as far as a person goes, he's just, you're just not going to meet a, a better person. He's uh, yeah. uh, and his dad, Frank, and I would talk on the phone uh, often 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 he's a, a, and and just to, to go back a little bit further i met these guys through amon uh, and amon owns all the molly's pubs here in houston texas and beyond and um uh amon's well, of course amon knows everybody and uh he introduced us to these guys and just anyway we we all became friends very very quickly and ricky is not only just a brilliant drummer and like you know, just wonderful person, as I say. But he's also an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you're gonna you're gonna be seeing his name a lot. He's he's just tremendously talented and really funny. Just great, really really fast. Great sense of humor, and uh, just basically, we're gonna need to be very very caffeinated to keep up with this young fella. So mm-hmm. we're looking forward to that. So we'll, we'll post uh, we'll post a video. Uh, give you an idea of, of this guy. Uh, it, 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 it's not his. Uh, maybe Chad. Maybe you post the other the the, the drumming in Dublin. G- give an idea of this guy. And uh, Eric, you'll you'll love this guy. He's just he's not just a drummer, but he like, hey, just just tremendous fun to to, to talk to. So yeah, I, yay, it's fun. Think of the the the, uh, the context in which we met him, which was you know playing in that little hotel bar in Claire Morris. Yeah. Uh, just Amon's hometown. And uh, the no. circus with their young kids, they were like 19, 20 years old at the time, I think. And not, you know, we were expecting them to be playing, you know, whatever kids were listening to. <laughs> they played almost, almost it was completely American classic rock, which was surprising that it was just, a, for us, it's cliche. For them, it was kind of interesting and novel because they didn't grow up with it the same way that we did. Yeah. And, they they did stuff like like Stevie Wonder's uh, uh, suspicion no uh, superstition yeah and uh, it start you know, they start off with that drum beat that kicks off that song and and Ricky just he had the groove down exactly 
just right in the pocket, it, it, precisely the way it was supposed to be played. Just, just absolutely amazing player. So it was a thrill. So I think it was the next year that we found out he got hired by Saw Doctors. So it didn't take long after that. Well, so I don't have – I have many, many favorite uh, New Year's gigs, but they all stop at about 1230. There's never a, a New Year's night that's great at 2 a.m. What pisses me off is – What you just said, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so 1230, the band plays till half fucking 12, maybe 140, you know, 1245, that's it. That's it. If you're playing till 2 a.m., all you're doing is you're just beating the shit out of you, out of the drunk people's wallets because they don't need any more. And after they put that busy shit down their gullet, now, now all you got is room for a fight or a, a stolen sax or a, you know, whatever it is. There's nothing good that's going to happen after 12 half 12 you're absolutely right you know so there's a lot of great things you know about new year's eve there's a lot of you know that can be that, that you know this bullshit 10 to 2 on a you know on a night that's that people are paying you know and and the other thing that's that's crap too is when you come in and you just do your regular set but you're charging the club double uh fuck that no you, you, you know bring something you know do something yeah. this is an event, but don't do the four hour. Don't do the, you know, don't do this bullshit yeah. of just, you know, play until the can. Nobody can take that. And, and, you know, and like I said, I've been watching these documentaries and again, watch all these bands that are playing, you know, yeah, the Beatles played in the fucking, in Germany, you know, they played seven nights a week and they worked, you know, uh, they did a hard day's night and all shit, you know, they, uh, you, you know, you, you do have to learn your craft and you have to get good. But the other thing is you just, you cannot, and you, you just can't assault um, all those drums <laughs> for four hours and expect people to be just dying to come and see your next show. So, well, at the same time, though, I think the New Year's show, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Patrick, is that it's it's a different show because you get a different crowd. You yes. might you, you like in, like in Fado, obviously, you had your your folks that would really want to come and see you play, and then the rest are tourists. I think I think that a lot of shows it's definitely a regular show, more fans. A New Year's Eve show, maybe half or lesser fans, and others are just like, it's our night to go out. We got a babysitter. Let's go. We can last until maybe twelve thirty. Yeah, so we want to ring in a new year, and then we need to go yeah. home because yeah. we're tired and we're we're old. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And to your and to your point, it's like. I was always glad that it wasn't like a, like an oldies marathon like Alan likes to do sometimes. It wasn't a four-hour, five-hour gig. It was like we start at like 11, and we might go till 1.30, 1.45. And even then, like you said, by 12.30, 12, 12, for us, it was 12.45. You could see a difference in the room. You could see that it was just the hardcore oldies fan. There's nothing going to happen there that I just Right. That's not going to be different. Yeah, a, a jukebox can satiate anything that sure. needs to happen after twelve. Uh, after half twelve, there's yeah. just that's all there is to it. And I don't care if you're uh, Milli Vanilli or Exodus. You know, you got, you know, you know what I mean. You, you, you've that's it. Just and and you know the thing is too. You know, if if you've been to our show before, and I hope you have, um, you, I mean, we're not going to stop, and you know that leaves them wanting more shit you know i mean if they're if they're if they pay money they're in there to see it and they want to show and they want another song yes absolutely and two three yes we've done that before we we will never stop doing that but the four hour thing at the end of it the, the bar stop are just at their wits end they're yeah. absolutely wrung out just strung out and um 
you know, there's, there's just not much you can do after that. I just thought of a new band name. Come on. With the remaining members, who's uh, uh, anybody from Exodus uh, dead yet? Yeah. A couple. Uh, yeah, they're, 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 well, their first main singer. Yeah. And, uh, That's fine. So, and then I know that half of Millie Vanilli is dead. The one guy killed himself, I think, right? Oh, he did? Right, Chad? Yes, yes, he did. Ex of Vanilli. Exodus. Give that guy a second chance to sing live, you know? So Exodus and the other half of Millie Vanilli, Ex of Vanilli. That's a long walk, son. Yeah, we were talking. Uh, we were talking last week too about uh, reward music, and what's reward music? Reward even I don't know what it is. Well, you're going to find out. So uh, Frank Zappa had a few kids, one of them being Dweezil, and Dweezil is not only an amazing guitar player, but he's also a brilliant business mind, and he's starting up reward music. And we are lucky enough to have found this reward music, and we're going to give it a shot meaning you can go to reward music and find all your blackguard needs there. So we were talking about that, you know, just, you know, this one-stop shop, this place to, to, to go and, you know, live stream or to, you know, hear the music or see the videos or do whatever you need. And it's, it, it, it's kind of a genius uh, platform, I think. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about uh, reward music and, and we've also been talking about uh, where, uh, you know, where this new, where this new record is going to go, where, you know, like I said, we've been, we obviously we've been talking about it for years, but you know, now we're in the mixing stage of this record and at this new record and, you know, looking for, looking down the calendar, look, looking down the, you know, the, at, at the months ahead and trying to navigate, I guess that the best way to, 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 to navigate this year is to, you know, kind of ditch the old, the old thinking and try to try to, you know, really move forward with a big head of steam. And obviously the new record, we got, got a lot of new ideas and whatnot and um, another video coming, you know, and all that stuff. And it's just going to be, uh, I'm hoping that this is, I'm ho- really hoping this thing is going to be a, a better place to uh, rather than your, you know, all those social media sites, just be able to go to one place well, the, at the end goal for, for reward music is this is what they want it to be. They, they want their service to be our website and that, that essentially you go to blaggers.com and it's going to be the reward music. Yeah. So we're, we're still kind of in the beta phase with it. Their service is really brand new. They haven't really even started promoting it yet. Yeah. There's only a handful of people on the system, but it's essentially going to be starting out. It's going to be kind of like Patreon, like to the nth, nth degree. It's There's going to be a lot more interaction you know, all, all the same stuff that we've been putting on Patreon is going to be there, but there's going to be more of it. And it's going to be a little easier to find and navigate. And um, that's one of the things I don't like about Patreon. It's like, it's kind of like Facebook. Like after you post something, it just kind of disappears, just kind of goes down the timeline. And you won't know it's there unless you go looking for it. But it's not, reward music doesn't work that way. It's, it's much more, it's, it's organized like a website should be. So you're like, oh, here's music. Oh, here's, you know, here's photos. Here's, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, and, and also, you know, uh, Eric talking about wanting new students and want, you know, I, I just think this is going to be a better, um, th- think of it like a globe, you know, like it's just everything is on there and it's easier to easier to kind of see the whole picture versus the, you know, that's, that's kind of how I envisioned it when, when we first started talking about it. And uh, it's, you know, I, I, I think it's a, a great time, you know, obviously being the beginning of the year with essentially everything opening by, by spring. That's, that's, that's what we're hoping for. We're, you know, 
fingers crossed or whatever you need to cross to, you know, yeah. to that happen. You know, we're really aiming at the, at the spring to, you know, spring into action, if you will. But the reward music is, it feels to me like it, it's going to be a, a much easier thing to navigate rather than, well, I'm not on that particular social media spot that you tend to do, you know, because we were talking, you know, about back in the day when it was MySpace, that was essentially everything. You didn't need a website. And when we were booking shows, they would say, well, what's your MySpace? And that would be the, the, they don't do that anymore. And if you make the, make the car, you know, the, the, whatever that, that the cardinal sin of contacting somebody that doesn't use that particular social media site for the, for booking, you know, we don't, you know, we don't book through. Don't don't contact us here. It's like, well, how the fuck are you supposed to know? You know, hmm. it's going to be hopefully what's going to end up being the. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see how people how people like it, um, yeah. but it's going to give us a lot more a lot more freedom, a lot more flexibility in ways to to provide exclusive content to you, and in a more interactive way. It's just going to be yeah. a lot of, like we used to. I used to have you know live tracks, um, but again, yeah. like in Patreon, like. Every time you post something, it just disappears. This time, every time I put up a new live recording, uh, it'll be listed right alongside for, for members. It'll be listed right alongside all of our other albums, individual tracks. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be excited. Yeah, going to be you know it's going to be good. But again, you know, like we're saying, each of us being able to access it and to, to be able to jump in and add to it versus one person, you know, just keep everybody engaged. And it's a, it's a much better forum, much better platform. Yeah. And it's good, it's good for us too. It's, they charge us. They charge the band just a flat monthly fee, and all of the money that we make off there, all the royalties off of sales and the, the membership fees and uh, streaming, whatever is going on, that all 100 percent of that comes to the band. So, give you a nice warm feeling. You're doing doing something. Ooh, yeah. Else. <laughs> yeah, Eric, did the heat turn off? It got kind of cold in here a second ago. That's why I put my hoodie back on. It's just kind of chilly. It's a weird day. It's like it's hot, but it's cold in my house. So, <gasps> yeah, it's chilly out. Warm over here. It's always warm over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, as, as usual, a lot of, lot of fun stuff happening. And, you know, the, 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 the New Year's starting off really nice. I don't know what it's like in your town, but New Year's Day in Houston, Texas is sunny, sunny, sunny. And uh, it's gorgeous out there. No humidity. It's crisp air. And, oh, going to go for, uh, for, for a, quite a long run today. Ooh. So how, how do y'all feel about that podcast? Think it's good? Yeah. I think we were done. We'll play us out. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Delightful. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. And uh remember we're gonna have the the uh the always, always, always Stunning Ricky O'Neill um, next week. And um, yeah, and wow. uh, we've got a lot of, re- lot of really good people in, in, in the works. So uh, happy new year. And, you know, just remember your new year's resolution. Just uh, just mark it down for next year, because this year you're going to be real busy drinking and getting out of shape with us. So, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, sir. All right. Hey.